So when I record this for my audiobooks, I have to hit it at like uh, like 50, 55. Uh, go ahead and guess what we're recording at now. Wait, so what? It, what is that number representing? Uh, the level. The level? Level of recording, volume-wise. Because uh, when me and you take the mic here, it's uh, substantially lower. Is that, like a, is that like a 20? I was going to say 20, <laughs> probably. Yeah. Because when I talk... I've learned that when I read out loud, I talk like this, and I don't know why I become Kevin Conroy from Batman the Animated Series. <laughs> well, it's more when you're when you're in conversation, you're you're talking on the fly, and you're more emotional. So, like when you when a thought comes to your head, oh, you get so excited, yeah, you're ready to yeah, say it because exactly. you. But when you're reading from a page, it's, it, you you are sort of going by what you know and you're trying to be very controlled and making yep. sure all your words are fitting. I so. also I also found that uh, you put a mic in front of me. Uh, well, I guess it's like the early days of the first podcast where I thought this was live. Apparently, we couldn't edit anything out. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so nervous. I don't know what to do. The moment I started recording my audio book uh, or audio stories, I can't say it's a book because it's not a book yet. Yeah. Um, the second I turned the mic on, I forgot how to read <laughs> I was like, the As I posted on Facebook, my tongue became all thumbs, which is a very funny image, by the way. Yeah. Well, Melissa came up with a whole idea of a low-budget horror film called Thumb Tongue. So, oh my God! So once again, we have no Parker. I guess I should introduce podcast. Hey, everybody! We're under the critic. A podcast where each week we talk about movies, both new and on Netflix. Uh, except this week and next week. There ain't nothing out worth watching, kids. Or at least everything that is out, we've already reviewed. Uh, Terminator Genesis is really kicking ass and taking names at the box office with a staggering, what is it, 28% on Rotten Tomatoes? I think it might be less than that. Last I checked, it was hovering around uh, let me get Let me get you an up-to-date quote. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. 26. 26. Oh, so it's it's. I'll watch it. I'll, I'll watch it eventually. Down. Oh yeah, I'll watch it eventually too. Just I won't pay for it. Right. Uh, already, the director has come out uh, in in defiance against the studio, claiming that he's not the reason it's shit. Uh, <laughs> I saw that article and I thought, well, it's good to know the creator well, believes in it. Well. Didn't he say something about he was very displeased with how much the uh, the trailer gave the trailer away? Trailer gave away. Yeah, we we might as well review it based on the trailer because we basically sure. Saw I the mean, movie. we don't ever we don't really have a do we have a trailer for this episode? We can just talk about what we know about. Oh no, but you got to come up with news. Oh, I got to come up with news. All right, well, let's talk about Terminator Genesis, and I'll find news. <laughs> but yeah, the uh, <laughs> the the the. Creator, the the director came out and said that it wasn't his plan to give away the entire story in the trailer, which leads me to believe that they gave away the entire story. I thought maybe they have another uh, big thing that they're not revealing. Nope, nope, they gave it all away in the trailer, kids. So there's no 
Yeah, it's uh, all about how John Connor becomes like becomes a, another version of the Terminator, right? More or less, sort of like a pseudo humanoid. Uh, who knows? I guess that I guess you need to see the movie to get the specifics right. But I, I'm fine with filling it in with my own imagination, which is almost certainly going to be better. True, as it always is, though. I mean, uh, in yeah. my imaginary, you know, Terminator sequel, Arnold Schwarzenegger is like riding a dinosaur <laughs> that is also a Terminator. A di- but why would they make that? Doesn't and then he's fighting the uh, xenomorphs <laughs> because it's all one property. And then the Predator shows up in like a Predator flagship. Um, <laughs> That's like the yeah, okay. And like yeah. a bunch of predators step out, and it's like a three-way battle between the Terminators riding dinosaurs, xenomorphs, and predators. I'm still waiting for the the because for a long time there was talk of doing this, and I don't think it really got anywhere beyond a video game. But there was talk of doing Terminator versus RoboCop, which I don't know how that would work necessarily because the I mean, two I universes guess, are pretty yeah like. like because it's like, all right, we, we have Terminator, which takes place after Judgment Day, and then you right. have uh, RoboCop, which takes place, I mean, during Judgment Day, apparently. like Yeah. Like, it's, it's already sort of post-apocalyptic. I don't quite understand. But that would have been pretty cool to see. But no. Uh, anyway, I'm Chris Klump. With me, as always, is Matt Traver. Uh, and once again, you know what? I'm not even going to bullshit you, Parker. Uh, he's he's, he's, he's just gone. flat out left. Yep, flat out left. We kept saying he couldn't go to the bathroom, and he just fucking walked out. Yep, he he the the audacity of this man to take his lovely wife on a vacation to I don't know somewhere in the south. <laughs> Never took me on vacation. Yeah, yeah. You know what? All that I've done for him. the The only the only reason I knew he was on vacation is he called me up uh, a couple of days ago and said, "Hey, can you get my mail?" <laughs> Like okay, is nobody at the house? Nope, just get my mail. Hey, you know how I figured out he was on vacation? I just I looked, told you. <laughs> yeah, that, and I looked for the episode, and then I saw something, or I think I messaged Parker or something, or so I saw something, and then I figured out like, oh, he's on vacation. That's why it's not posted. Oh, it still wasn't posted. No, I messaged him like days ago about this. He's on vacation. It's not going to happen. Well, no, he said he could do it on vacation. It's, I'll message him it's, again. It's it's not going to happen. <laughs> so anyway. Uh, in light of the new Terminator apparently sucking balls, we've decided to review the two best Terminators. So it'll be That's a right. two-part Terminator extravaganza. Uh, a bonanza, if you will. That's right. Uh, first episode. I'm not sure how we're going to do this. We may we may talk about both Terminators in tandem. I'm pretty sure we're going to cover split it the up. First Maybe. episode. With uh, Terminator and the second episode with Terminator 2. But I'm going to be honest, kids. My goal for these next two episodes is to prove once and for all that Terminator 1 is a superior film. (laughs) Terminator 2. (sighs) Not only is it superior, I'm going to go on a limb here. James Cameron's best work. So anyway, that's... (laughs) Not that I'm setting the bar too high. I was going to say, I mean, is it, you know, is it before 1993? Well, then pick one of those movies. When was T2? Is that 93? 91. 91. All right. Is it before 1992? All right. Pick from those. (laughs) And then uh, whichever one you want to pick is fine by me. (laughs) All right. Well, before we get into all that, 
Let's get into some news. So, wouldn't be End of the Critic if we didn't have comic book news? Of course not. <laughs> and it really wouldn't be End of the Critic if we didn't specifically have Spider-Man movie news. Why not? What else, What else, What mean, other really, news could we have yet? They haven't even started filming. There's not really... Honestly, there's not There's not much. You want? Hey, you want to talk about Ant-Man's early reviews? No, no. Pretty good. I don't. I don't. All right, well, <laughs> skip back that. back to the Spider-Man. Marisa Tomei is set to play Aunt May in the uh, new Spider-Man what? film. What? Are they... Are they- are they trying to go for a, like a sort of older yet still hot? Well, hold on, because I'm a little confused. Maurice Tomei is fifty. Well, yeah, but she's like still attractive. Aunt May's well, supposed to be like ninety, isn't she? Well, I mean, yeah. She's always portrayed as like a. Uh, she's always been portrayed as like an old, great, like a yeah. like a like a rocker jockey. I'm not well, really they've sure. steadily. Let, let me think about this. They've steadily been kind of going towards a younger Aunt May because. The last one was Sally Fields. Sally Fields. Who's, you know... Not she, ancient. She always plays a super ancient lady, but she really herself is not. I mean, That's she true. looks fine for That's her true. age. That's true. Yet, she's always... I remember uh, her talking with Steven Spielberg because uh, she wanted to play um, Mrs. Lincoln in, uh, in, uh, in, in, Lincoln. in Lincoln. God, what is her... I should really know what Abraham Lincoln's wife's name is. Uh, why? Mary Todd Lincoln. Oh, okay. I'm pretty sure that's correct. Cool. I'm going to look that up every so day. that the American listeners, which are all of us, don't... Uh... Mary Todd Lincoln, yes. All right. When she wanted to play that role, Spielberg was like, no. You're, <laughs> you, you, maybe you can play like an old granny in like some of these other films, but like you're, you're not old enough. And then she finally convinced him, and he was like, whatever. You can do it. <laughs> but uh, who is Aunt May in the, in the uh, old Spider-Man movies? The Tobey Maguire um, I'll look it up. But some, she was she was like, old. She, yeah, she was she was. I I I don't think she was a famous actress. Yeah, what was her name? She was a name. Really? No, you you Rosemary Harris. She's been in other stuff. No idea. <laughs> Never mind. Known for Spider Man, Spider Man Two, Spider Man Three. I was about to say what <laughs> but else she's, has she been she's in? She's pretty old. She was born in 1927. That's pretty old. Yeah. So they've they've you know they've they've set a precedent for this. They've progressively been going younger. So now, like now I'm 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 totally expecting like uh, uh, the next Spider-Man remake that they're going to do. The next reboot is going to be a baby. It's no 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 no. Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah. It's it's no not not even that. It's going to be like some weird thing like in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure where like. His aunt is actually the same. It's a step aunt, and she's the same age as it. Like he went to high school with her. Yeah. Like all his friends are hitting on his aunt, and they're like, "He's like, guys, stop hitting on my aunt. Really, it's not cool." She's gonna be played by like, uh, I don't know who's a who's a young who's a young famous actress right now. I told you Jennifer Lawrence. I mean, but by that time she'll be. Yeah, I mean she'll be she'll too be old for 30s. the role. I'm talking yeah. like uh, the chick who plays Sansa in uh, Game of Thrones. <laughs> I'll have her on. Hell, that. why stop there? Let's go with Arya. Why not? Why not? By then she'll Although be. Although both of them are. By way, then she'll be twenty. Yeah, I was supposed to say they're like both those actresses are way older than their characters. Yeah, she might already. She's probably pushing eighteen now. Uh, the chick who plays Sansa is like at least eighteen, and Arya is probably not far behind her. No, she's only a year or two younger. They're um, just lucky that she hasn't like super aged fast. Well, if you watch, you if, if you, you watch, watch back season back, one, hey, we'll get we'll, we'll talk about a similar thing with Terminator Two though. 
Oh, yes. Okay. Yes, we in will. In our next episode. Yes. Uh, okay, so other movie news. Uh, Ant-Man, nobody... We're not talking about that. Yeah, I was about that. to say, I, don't, I just uh, see it. I'm so excited uh, to see it. So, there are images released from the new Ghostbusters movie. Oh. Have you seen, have you seen these images? No, I've not. This is have the first I've heard them? of it. First I've heard of this. Uh, they have pictures of the car. Okay, so it's going more of a class. What is that? It's like, definitely uh, going pretty retro. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's keeping with that? the classics. But that's uh, the original car. If I remember, it was a Cadillac. A hearse made by Cadillac. A used 1959 Cadillac. So okay, they're, so they're sticking with the Caddy. Good call. Uh, let's see what else they have here. I didn't know if they were going to try to like update it anymore to piss off the old school fans and be like, "Yep, we're making it out of a Toyota Prius." Uh, and there's a look at Melissa McCarthy in uniform. Sweet. Very. I mean, very basic. Very basic. Looks like a prison uniform. <laughs> that must be like. I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's like just like a test shot. Probably. It's probably like, just test. They might. They're they probably might just be. doing costume testing. Yeah. Um. So there we have that. So basically, they're keeping it all the same. It's the same uniform from the original, basically. Uh, yeah, actually, looking at the old uniforms, they weren't much either. They were pretty much just, just jumpsuits. They were, yeah, they were just jumpsuits and then with, like, random pouches and accessories. Yeah. Well, I mean, on. the original idea for Ghostbusters wasn't for them to become, like... Superheroes. Yeah. It was more the, or less the original, they were exterminated. Yeah, they were just, they were just exterminated. Because the, the, the original premise was uh, just, like, guys who... Like, scientists who come up with this idea, but then they just become, like... Regular exterminators, they don't like their job, they're kind of bored. <laughs> like That was the basic premise originally, and then they would come up with some crazy right. thing to fight. But uh, that's why I love, in, 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 in kind of in the middle of the uh, first Ghostbusters movie, when they first hire Winston. Yeah. Uh, you have Dan Aykroyd walking in, and he's got like a cigarette hanging in his mouth, and he looks terrible, and Harold Ramis is like, you... You don't look so good. He's like, I don't feel so good. Like, you get the idea that they're like, this this job sucks now. We're not, we're tired of this job. Um, so that's why they had just the basic like janitor look about them, which I right. always makes thought was makes cool. sense. Makes sense. So I'm glad they're sticking with that. But, so, but you know, is there really no, nothing no, else in the news? No, no, no. Oh, no, no, no. I got I got more. I was just gonna finish that up. Oh, none okay. of it's gonna be worth a damn if it ain't, if it ain't funny. Oh yeah, if it's not funny, it's gotta be how, funny. How much they stick to the original, you know, look and feel. It's got to be hilarious. So Netflix is preparing its uh, debut into feature filmmaking. About time. To combat Hollywood. It's released release dates for Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon 2. Adam Sandler's The okay, Ridiculous... No, no, already not, already not excited. <laughs> already Adam not looking Sandler's forward to this. The Ridiculous Six and more. Uh, Netflix continues to prove its strength as a serious contender in original programming, blah, 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 blah. As far as the realm of original movies, it's caused controversy when they've announced Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon sequel, The Green Legend, will be released via streaming and an IMAX. So that's cool. So yeah. if you want to get the IMAX experience, you can go do that. Well, this but. is gonna this is gonna plague havoc on a lot of different stuff because I know there's a lot of directors, uh, powerful directors, James Cameron being one of them, who is fighting tooth and nail against the 
home uh, viewership concept. Right. They're 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 really uh, Martin Scorsese is another one who is, uh, and I also think. Um, uh, Oh, the guy who directed Dune and The Elephant Man and Eraserhead. Uh, David Lynch. David Lynch, yeah. Um, is also on board with this camp. A lot, a lot of big-name directors are like, hey, you know, we, we need to get people back into theaters. Right. We need to, to preserve theaters. Mainly because that's where their money is. Well, um, yes. And, and so any... That's why I always think it's hilarious when they talk about, like... Oh no! This is about the craft and the art. I'm like bullshit! It's about your money, because <laughs> um, frankly, and we've talked about this before, but frankly, if they could start producing amazing films and just like boom, it's right to streaming. It's coming right out on Netflix. I'm perfectly fine with that, especially with Netflix at the helm, because all the other streaming services, Hulu, Amazon, they've tried their hand yeah. at original programming, and Netflix is far and beyond better than as far as quality yes. um i mean let's say you have house of cards orange is the new black uh daredevil if you're not watching daredevil you're doing something wrong um mm-hmm. and they have a whole you know a, a whole bunch of new shows coming out it was only a matter of time they have a lot they... they have a lot oh yeah a ton um they're they're hitting it full force and they have what, two more marvel content. shows coming out yes jessica jones and uh um, Heroes for Hire, I think. Luke Cage. Yeah, Heroes for Hire. Yeah. Um, so and Dare and Daredevil season two, which the showrunner has deemed or has started calling it uh, Daredevil versus which Punisher. Is great. Which I mean, the second I heard that, I I was that's just like, a great. <laughs> that's a great. Rather than making a new original, you know, Punisher property, I think that's a great way to use it. Oh, absolutely. Against each other. Yeah, just just bring in the Punisher as like the anti-hero that Well, and it's like two sides of the same coin because I mean, they're, yeah, they're both heroes. Foggy quote. Foggy, you know, one of my favorite parts of of the Daredevil season and when I really started liking Foggy Nelson is when he straight up just like challenged Matt Murdock and was like you're just a vi- like you're you're just a you're everything that you've preached against. Yeah. Like you aren't yeah. doing due process. You're lying to everyone you know, and you're just taking it upon yourself to you know, kind of imbue justice. Right. Exactly. Um, and you know, Punisher is just more of an extreme of that. Yeah. He he just he doesn't have a problem uh, with uh, just 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 cold clocking like straight up killing motherfuckers yeah no problem with that at all like where everybody every other superhero is like no i won't use guns because that's the line i won't cross he's like that's all i use <laughs> that is my i'm just a regular my, ass dude i have to shoot people. yeah like i'm i'm kind of like the punisher isn't this like super ripped guy he's kind of schlubby he's a little like you can tell he lives in sewers he's, he's, he's like he's, He's built, but he's but not he's, like yeah. Superman. Or yeah, anything. he's like he's like a he's like, he's like a high school linebacker. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's what he looks like. A guy that like clearly hits the gym, but also lives on processed foods. Yep. <laughs> um, and <laughs> where like Daredevil is like honing his skills in martial arts. Well, and, and he has and the his he power. has like a sixth sense yeah, that yeah. no one else has. And... Uh, uh, the, the Punisher is literally like, I'm just a guy with a ton of guns and a few screws loose. <laughs> like, <laughs> Time to go shoot yeah, some bad guys. That's right. Time to go sick house on everybody's asses. 
Uh, so the idea of those two going, oh, I'm so excited yeah, for that. Be great. So yeah, the idea of like Netflix, though, I mean, they're crushing it right now in original programming. Why wouldn't they make a run into well, film? Well, yeah, let's get a let's get a preview. So first up is Beasts of No Nation, which will be released on October 16th of this year. Now are these shows or movies? These are movies. These are okay. movies. Uh, starring Idris Elba. Woo! Need I say more? This film is written and directed by Kerry Fukunaga, uh, who did the original True Detective season, so it'll be his directorial debut for, for a for movie, film. for a, for a feature film length, feature full length film. Uh, tells the story of a young child sto- uh, child soldier drafted into civil war in his home African country. Okay, and that'll Elba, be interesting. Yeah, Elba plays the warlord who serves as a mentor to the young boy. Oh man! So that, that sounds really good. That sounds like a really good drama right there. Now hold or, on, and, you know, action, not action, but like <laughs> hold war on, drama. don't don't get too excited because after that, um, Adam Sandler's The Ridiculous Six comes out on December eleventh, twenty fifteen. The film is understood to be a comedic take on the Magnificent Seven, and. Oh, uh. Coincidentally, arrives shortly before Tarantino's Hateful Eight. Uh, it stars alongside Nick Nolte, Rob Rob Schneider. Oh fuck you, Rob Schneider! Wow, bringing Rob Schneider back, Terry Crews and Taylor Lautner. Now, here's 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 my judgment on this. We already had the comedic version of the Magnificent Seven. It was called the Three Amigos. True. And yeah. If you I don't... look at the storyline of Three Amigos, it is essentially a also there's uh, yeah of of the Magnificent Seven. Well, I will say, I think this is the movie where all those uh, Native Americans walked out on it because it was so offensive. Yeah, yeah. I think and that's, that's Adam Sandler comedy. Let's go for lowbrow race humor. Well, if I may, this could be a return to form for him because his best movies are, like, really stupid and offensive. Like, maybe not super offensive, I guess. But the, the old Happy Madison movies are just, like, pure... Like, the comedic content is just, like trashy yeah you're right you're right so and and the fact that it is being written by him and tim hurley uh who wrote big daddy and happy gilmore okay um, all right two of the better so, so yeah like it, it, it may, maybe it'll maybe it'll be you know it'll probably be really low brow i mean i'm sure it will be but Absolutely. maybe it'll actually be funny as opposed to his Not with rob input. schneider in it yeah, but he's also in those older ones. That's true. He's, he's but, in but like sprinkled ones. in Rob Schneider. Rob oh, Schneider, yeah. like early '90s Rob Schneider was was was, was like a, a a spice. You didn't want to overuse him too much. Yeah, when he started helming his own films, that's when it. No, got no, that's bad. when. I mean, he couldn't even hack it on SNL, in my right. opinion. So, so I mean, he's the guy who's known as the copy guy. <laughs> hey, making some copies. <laughs> uh, the worst. That is the like. If you hear someone making that joke at your office, you're like, I'm no longer going to find I'm anything. I'm so glad so I've funny. never worked in an office. But no, I can imagine be like hearing that guy, like yeah. you know, you're you know, you're you're in your mid level uh, management office. You got your cubicle, and some guy pops up. Hey, making? Uh, no, I'd fucking kill him. I'd strangle him with a mouse cord. <laughs> it's worth it. It's worth it. I, as I'm being escorted out of the building, I'm like, you all would have done the same thing. You were all thinking it. I just had the will to act. <laughs> I was the one who had to be your savior. <laughs> All right, so coming up then in the first quarter of 2016, we do have Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, The Green Legend. Excited. Uh, yeah, Michelle. Is Ang a part of it? Da, da, da. No. Uh, oh, okay. No, it is not Ang Lee. Choice. It is uh, 
Yuan Wuping, who's known for his work on Kill Bill Volume 2 and Iron Monkey. Oh, so, okay. Okay. I know, yeah, yeah, all right. Not, all right. not quite the same level of uh, artistic caliber as, as Ang, Ang Lee, but... Uh, well, then again, Ang Lee bit it hard in the later movies. That's so. true. His artistic side kind of got the better of him. Yeah, at, exactly. At times, so. Exactly. And then finally, in March 2016, the long-awaited Pee Wee Herman movie will air. All right. I'm excited for that. Really? Hell so, yeah. This is the result of Paul Rubin and Judd Apatow's collaboration uh, How can you go wrong with those holiday. two working together? It's true. Because as much as, I mean, Judd Apatow, left to his own devices, his comedies are good. They're just too long, in my right. opinion. Right, right, right. But, like, with a, a, a form that's already set, like, there's already a mold for the Pee Wee uh, films. Like, there's yes. already, uh, uh, you know, here's how you, here's how you make it. Put that in the hands of Judd Apatow, I think you're going to get gold. Yeah, I... I... I must confess, I've never been like a huge fan of the Pee Wee movies. Not that I don't like them. I just the ones that I had seen, I wasn't really paying attention to. They were just kind of on, so I've never been really devoted to the. Uh, to the I absolutely love uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure, the fir- the Tim Burton. Okay, it's so good in my opinion. Well, it's got good writers too, because again, um, Paul Rubens, who who's worked on the older Pee Wee stuff, and then Paul Rust from Arrested Development. Are yeah. both writing that? Yeah. So. I figured Paul Rubin, since he is Pee Wee, I figured he would. Yeah, be, he'd be working on it. Uh so yeah, that's that's it for their schedule. But like I said, I think some of those are actually going to be like Simu premiering on uh, on IMAX because yeah. um, I think they have a contract with IMAX to mm-hmm. to be able to do that. Now I'm not sure if that means. Because there are theaters already saying that they will refuse to show these movies, like basically to honor that like system of yeah yeah of you know respecting the right of the theater to be exclusive you right, know, right when a movie first comes out. Um, so I don't know how that'll work with IMAX. If IMAX will have enough pull to say like no, you're using our theaters, you need to show this. IMAX, Do you know how that works. Pretty- IMAX, if I if I understood correctly, uh, there's a reason that when you see uh, a theater that is like like for example in 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 our area we have Penn Cinema and then next door to it there's an IMAX Penn right. Cinema IMAX IMAX is its own leasing so you okay. can't have an IMAX screen in the same building as other screens gotcha something with something to do with license leasing rights so I would think that. If IMAX has a deal with Netflix, they have to honor that. The, yeah, the theaters are not going to yeah. be able to say like, "Nope, no. we're not showing." The theater it. Owners, then IMAX will be like, "Okay, then we're you're not honoring our agreement." Yeah, the theater owners, if I understood correctly, do not have any say as to what goes on with IMAX. IMAX is their own. Uh, they just they just get some of the profit for having it by yeah, their theater. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, I could be wrong about that, but that's how I understand it. Okay. Uh and I mean, I understand theaters are worried. Uh, they should be. Maybe if they weren't so shitty and expensive, we wouldn't have this problem. Because uh, well, hey, I mean, I've I've always I've talked about with you and Parker before that I see I do not see the social construct of going to see a movie going away. At least not in our lifetimes, or maybe no, even no. you know in the next generation. But I do see theaters going to pretty much like an all IMAX setup. Oh yeah. 
because uh, because really that's such a huge separation between the home theater and what you can do in a home theater and IMAX. Like IMAX is just so much more than you could ever hope to recreate in a home theater because it's right. just so big. Right. right. Um, but smaller theater. I mean, and and they're trying everything they can right now with like 3D and kind of gimmicky stuff. Um, but as as you said, the social construct of going to see a movie with friends that's never going to go away. Right. Um, however, at least not for quite a long time. I don't think. No. However, with the Netflix uh, original movie deal, this is going to be a great way for uh, indie directors who are not part of the Directors Guild and foreign directors to get their foot in the door and get make something in mm-hmm. America. Um, y- yes, Michael. You want a mic? I can find a way to turn on this other mic and you can chat in it for a little bit. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We already talked about that. Yeah. We went through the whole schedule. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yep. Already talked about that one. The the one that the Native Americans walked. Yeah. The one that everyone walked away on. So. Little, That's probably what he did. Little, a little, yeah, little little bronzer. Yeah, you know what I mean, it's like an old westerns when they uh, again because I love old westerns. You can see you see some guy with just way too much bronzer on trying to pe- pass himself off as a Mexican. It never works. They did that for everything. Oh yeah, exactly. Well, so, and uh, what do you want to do? Oh, nothing. Are you doing I'm something? Just, no, no, no. I'm just looking. Uh, and uh, what's his face? Yul Brenner played uh, the King of Siam. Yul Brenner played an Egyptian. Yeah, <laughs> in uh, in the he uh, was Ten just Commandments. like a white dude that was like pretty tan, and they yeah. were like, oh, yeah. "Oh wow, you could be like all these different ethnicities." Oh yeah, because he's played all over the. If you look at Yul Brenner's like, <laughs> filmography, he's played like an Egyptian. He's played an, in the King and I. I forget the ethnicity of that. Yeah, he's the he's Siamese. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Uh but then, like, you look at him in, like, uh, Westworld or The Magnificent Seven. Clearly, just a white dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, you guys seen Short Circuit, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. The, the Indian character is a white guy. Really? Yeah. It's the one of the brothers, it, one of the Goomba brothers in um, ba- uh, Bowser's, um, his nephews and stuff. Oh, it's yeah. one of those guys played that Indian dude In, um, uh, from Super Mario Bros. <laughs> wow. I forget which, well, which one it was, but like, yeah, it took me a while. I'm like, well, this is it's a really like heavy accent he's pulling on. And I looked up his Wikipedia page and like, that's not an Indian's name. And <laughs> it's, like, it's clearly like just it's some, a white dude. some like, dude from New York. It's like how they get away with that in like less than like 30 years ago they were doing this. Oh, thing. yeah, yeah, yeah. They, I mean, they still do this kind of stuff all the time, so... All right, well, moving on to our uh, feature presentation. I'm glad I ruined this podcast with, like, unusable footage of me uh, talking into zero mics. Yeah, I think we'll be all right. None of that was terribly confusing. Yep. All right, moving on to our feature presentation. Fairly well, Michael. We saw The Terminator. A human-looking indestructible cyborg is sent from 2029 to 1984 to assassinate a waitress whose unborn son will lead humanity in a war against the machines, while a soldier from that war is sent to protect her at all costs. All right, this movie stars Arnold Schwarzenegger, of course, Michael Bean, of course, Linda Hamilton, of course, Paul Winfield, my man from Star Trek II, 
Uh, and Bill Paxton's in it for a little bit. We have uh, Lance Hendrickson in it for a little bit. Well, even more than a little bit. Anybody else uh, worthy note? Not really. Well, Earl, wait, did you say Earl Bone? No, I didn't say Earl Bone. I, I mean, he's Earl not Bone. really like a big, I just think he's notable because he's in both movies. Yes, 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 he is. And he plays a dickhead in each one. Yep. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to start out here. I Go absolutely ahead. love this film. I think I it do. is incredible on so many levels. Um, first off, <laughs> first off, in how it was made, uh, because at this at this point, this was nineteen eighty. When was this? Was this eighty eight? Eighty four. Eighty four. I was going to say, yeah. Um, the name James Cameron meant nothing. No, he started out uh, when he first started writing and conceiving this film. He was literally working out of like a trailer. Yeah. Yeah, he was working out of a trailer. Not like an actor's trailer, like no, a like trailer. No, a trailer trailer. trailer. <laughs> um, he had been thrown off of the production for um, Piranha the Spawning, which was a Roger Corman film. So, to <laughs> to give you an idea, Ro- I mean, Ro- Roger Corman was a producer all the way back like in the, the, the late 60s. Um making low-budget schlock. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for you to get thrown off of a Roger Corman film, you have to be a nightmarish director. Of course, James Cameron pulled that off. It's very nightmarish. Um, and and to get funding for this film, to, to convince people, he had originally cast Lance Hendrickson as the Terminator. Mm-hmm. So he had an idea for a board meeting that he would be that that James Cameron was going to be in this board meeting, giving him the pitch, and then Lance and Hendrickson was going to burst in the room, in character as the Terminator, <gasps> with like a leather jacket, the glasses, and like a fake gun, and like I don't know some like small makeup, like make his teeth look metal or something like that. So that was the plan. James Cameron was running late that day. Oh no! <laughs> to the board meeting. And, of course, no cell phones. Didn't have a way to get word to Hendrickson, who just kicked the door into all these board members who were just sitting there, like, waiting for for uh, James, James Cameron. Cameron. Had no idea what this movie was about. <laughs> no clue what was happening. Hendrickson never broke character until Cameron showed up, like, 20 minutes later. <laughs> so... I just love this idea. (laughs) Like waving his gun around the table and (laughs) telling people like, yeah, gradually realizing like, oh, I crap. Cameron isn't here. Should I keep going? Uh, Maybe he wants me to. I really want this gig. I really want this gig. Pointing his gun around. (laughs) He's like, you're terminated. You're terminated. Yeah, he acted like a, a a really robotic, you know. Yeah. Um. But he didn't get the the role, and then they they cast um, uh, uh, O.J. Simpson. I read that, yes. And <laughs> but they said you're too nice. Yeah, he was Which too nice of a guy. Very ironic. Very and ironic. Given very ironic. you know. So then they cast. But it's true. O.J. Simpson looks so much nicer than Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, well, at that point, he was the funny guy. Yeah. from uh, Naked, Gun. Naked Gun. Yeah. Or right. yeah, was Naked he was Gun like at a, that point? an American sweetheart almost. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um. So then they cast Schwarzenegger, 
which is hilarious to me because then the idea of this robot being an infiltration unit is way out the door because Schwarzenegger oh, looks yeah. unhuman. Like, no, nobody's going to see this. All, like, all right, if, 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 if you like follow this idea down to its logical conclusion, the Skynet makes a Terminator to infiltrate the human resistance. Right. So they make him gigantic. They make him like... Four, uh, like 300 pounds of solid muscle and they give him an Austrian accent. <laughs> Hold on. I've thought about this. <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of holes even in the first Terminator. Um, first of all, they're time travel movies. You're, that if, if you start going down that path, you're going to find You always way too find much. something, yeah. Um, but, but in the apocalyptic future... Humanity has been reduced to a nomadic warfaring society. Yep, yep. So, humans, potentially, like, they're, like, soldiers, they could really put, like, a precedence on, like, you know, maybe the average soldier isn't going to be a huge guy, but I imagine that with, you know, training and what resources they have, they might have some soldiers that are bigger guys. Maybe, maybe. And thus... I think you're stretching it already here. <laughs> well, remember, because the future Terminator was played by another Mr. Olympia. The one that they show in the, t- in, right, in the future. Right. I get, well, He's uh, actually a bodybuilder, too. They had to do that because they had to make, like, well, Arnold is one of the versions. We can't have one looking like Michael Bean. Also, it could be that huge. in order to support, which, granted, doesn't really make sense when you look at it, but you could say that you need like a larger to support the T one hundred. You need like a larger frame. I, I guess. But when you see it, you don't really think that. Nope. 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 It just I, looks I, like I don't know. It does. It, it, it doesn't. <laughs> that really that does really does fall apart. Um. But I w- w- one of the I can't explain I, the Austrian accent. That one I really. <laughs> one of the things that I think is absolutely <laughs> hilarious is the fact that Schwarzenegger had almost no faith in this film. Um. On the set of Conan the Destroyer, which was the second Conan movie, mm-hmm. uh, the one they were like they were doing some interview and they 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 saw him in his like boots, his Terminator boots, and they're like, uh, "What what are the what are the biker boots for?" And he's like, "Ah, it's some other movie I'm doing. That's not gonna you're not gonna hear about it." <laughs> um, you got to remember the budget for the first Terminator movie was was nothing. I mean, it was like. Under, I'm trying to remember. Yeah, Budget was six million, six point four million. million. I mean, even back then, that That's was not like that much. Yeah. not that much at all, especially for what they were trying to do, which was like especially sci-fi for what they film. did. Oh yeah, I mean they. That and that's another reason why I think this film is is one of the best, in my opinion, of James Cameron. James Cameron is an innovative director. He's an incredibly innovative director, and nothing breeds innovation more than when you have somebody going, "No, this is how much money you get, and nothing more." Mm-hmm. Um, was uh, Stan Winston? Was yes, Stan? this was a Stan Winston well, production go. as well. There you go. Uh, brought out some uh, at the for the time some incredible. Uh, effects, um, everything in the that way man of animatronics. Was, everything that man touched was gold. Oh yeah, yeah. Stan Winston always brought his A game, and in this movie, it was absolutely no exception. Um, Especially considering probably the budget, you know, that he that was allotted to him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and this was the movie where him and Schwarzenegger and Cameron became very close. Like all three of them became very tight uh, and worked. 
together for years and years later. Um, then again, you can name a creature feature that Stan Winston didn't work on. Right. Uh, uh, at least a, like a, a good one. A good one, one yeah. From like the a past, Hollywood like, high budget. Decades, yeah. yeah. Um, but like the the writing, in my opinion, spot on. Mm-hmm. It It's nice. It's short. I mean, it's not short, but it's like concise. The I'll pacing give you, is is. I'll brilliant. give you this. I'll, I'll give you this. I do like T2 more, but Terminator is a much tighter movie. Right. And granted, it's really tight when you compare it to the director's cut of T2. Of T2. Because that, like, that truly is bloated. It's, yeah, that, that, um, that, really, but, that really slows but down I think and speeds even, up again. I think even without the director's cut, T2 still has a bit... It doesn't feel as fluid. Terminator feels like my favorite kind of movie, which is like, you buckle up, got a little bit of an intro, and once it gets going, baby... It, it don't yeah, really yeah. stop. It, it 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 becomes a um this bizarre monster film almost or chase it, film. Yeah. yeah. But like the terminator is just always on their tail. They right. they 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 there's never a moment of escape for them. They're always on the run the moment uh I would say the the only time of reprieve uh once once the terminator enters the picture, the only real moment of reprieve is uh, when they're at that hotel for yeah. like a for like a day. Uh, yeah, they're, they're like they're hanging out for a night, and it's and even then you know the Terminator's coming because yeah. he calls yeah. her impersonating her her, her mom, yeah, mother, and you yeah. know he's coming. Um. So yeah, I just I absolutely love the the pacing, the setup, the uh, uh, whole concise writing of it is just great. I love all the character Performances work. Performances are good too. Oh yeah, I mean, you I, have, you I, have... I still say that when you give Arnold Schwarzenegger like a simple task, he will work at it because he's truthfully like his natural ability as an actor is not great. No, he's a wonderful entertainer. Oh, absolutely. And if you give him a simple task as an actor to do, he will give you everything you need. Right. Um, and, Schwarzenegger and he, is only as good as the director is right. controlling him. Right. Because you have to imagine Schwarzenegger has, I mean, the, the man must have an incredible ego mm-hmm. and this Even huge personality. I mean, yeah, at this point he was he questioning was, lines left and right. Yeah. Um. So it, it like and he only had fourteen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, an improv. Uh, I'll be back. Oddly enough, no, that was written. Was it? I thought it was improv. I. I. This is from my. I had to do some IMDb research. So that line uh, was indeed written as as is spoken, but Arnold wanted to change it to I will be back because um, he thought, w- which rightfully so, that doing the proper American English without the contraction would make it sound more robotic. Yep. And James, yep. James Cameron's re- response was, I don't tell you how to act. Don't you fucking tell me how to write. And that is... <laughs> that is... <laughs> what I'm talking about. Yeah. That is the type of personality a director needs to keep Schwarzenegger on a leash to do what you want him to right. do. Yeah. Um, and that's why you'll get some movies where Schwarzenegger is giving you an actually a good performance. Definitely. Uh, because the director is, is has a big enough ego or is strong-willed enough to be like, no, 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 buddy, that's not how it's going to yeah, be. You're not, you, you don't read get the to- damn line. <laughs> Yeah, because I think the temptation for Arnold, because he is such an entertainer, is like to wink and wink at the camera, and right. get his one-liners right. in, 
And this, you know, it has that iconic one-liner, but it's it's there for a reason. Right. I mean, it's foreboding. In context, everyone associates that line with, like, the tough guy, Schwarzenegger, like, oh, he's going to come back and kick some ass. But in the movie, if you're watching it in context and you accept the fact that this is, like, an unrelenting killing machine, when he says that line, you're like, oh, fuck. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's going to yeah. do something really that's bad. One of, that's one of the other things I love about the Terminator movie is the fact that it is... It, <laughs> It's so it's so vicious. It it like when he first shows up at the first Sarah Connor's house, like it's he just it's straight up gangster style like, it, shoots her. Yeah, it, yeah, but it's like the middle of the day. It's it's suburbia. Mm-hmm. Like there are kids literally playing in the streets. I mean, he runs over a child's toy. Yeah, <laughs> like in in the opening shot. And what does he do? Like, and she's being cautious. Kind of opens the door a little bit, and she's like, "Yeah, can I help you?" And he just kicks the door in and just unloads. And it's not one shot. It's like right. 12. That he just boom, 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 boom. Like the, the idea of like this thing is so efficient that it it, it, it will stop at nothing. And if that means it has to like unload an entire clip into you, just to be absolutely certain you're toast, uh, he's going to do that. Um. And then just the idea, this was one of the earliest films, at least in my knowledge, that had the fake-out ending, where oh, yeah. they thought it was over. Um, it had a Grendel's mother ending. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, and then, boom, Terminator's back, except now he's like this endoskeleton, and mm-hmm. he's you know still coming. James and, Cameron and- liked to do that a lot. Because uh, aliens, he did, he did that in aliens. Aliens is the same um, way. He did that in the abyss. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Which I'm all for that. I love the double ending. Yeah, yeah. I and, don't think I don't think the hero should ever get away easy. I no, think they should really have to work not. for the ending of the movie. Um, this is also kind of the beginning of James Cameron's obsession with the strong female yeah. hero, uh, which I. I again to his to his credit he 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 always seems to be able to do it without pandering, right? Um, or coming off like, well, we'll throw well, we'll throw one for the ladies. That's one of my yeah. That's one of my favorite things about when we get to T two is that Sarah Connor has flaws. I mean, in this movie, she's she even says herself, "I'm not a leader." Right? Yeah. Like, she's just like I can't even balance my own checkbook. Yeah, like, <laughs> you're expecting me to raise this great you know, leader who will, you know, be, you know, the savior to the remnants of mankind. And like, I'm not that person. And then throughout the movie, you see her grow into that. She's not on screen immediately. Like, you know, I don't know. Pump. What's a trope that you could give to make a female character like strong? Like, right. Well, yeah. yeah you you don't see her in like some kind of training montage. She's like, a waitress. She's, yeah. She's a waitress. And, and she gets her ass kicked. One. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. She's uh, uh she gets stood up by her boyfriend or just some random boyf- or some guy. random rich guy. Uh, yep, stands stands her up. Um, so like, yeah, she's 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 kind of a fuck up. She's not really, not really that smart in the beginning because like, she's running away from, uh, Reese. Right. Well, by Michael, played by Michael Bean, and no, 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 I'm saying like, but how does she do it? She like 
runs into a bunch of clubs and she's kind of freaking out and like doesn't really she I mean, doesn't she have does, any control she she, she does what probably a normal person would do in her right, situation right. she's not exceptional right exactly at, at, in the beginning of the movie um, and she grows in her character yeah and then at the end she she ends up having to do it because that that's another nice thing about the double ending is where like then it makes it even scarier the whole time of Terminator, you have the the you know Schwarzenegger coming after, but you have Michael Bean in there to right. kind of stand in her way and protect her. And then Bean eats it hard. <laughs> yeah. And then it's just her. There's no safety net. She's got to figure it out on her own on how mm-hmm. she's going to survive. Um, and that's another nice thing about the double ending, where it's like you thought you were going to get this romantic ending. In fact, that's one of the things the studio hated about it. They really wanted to push a romance um, yeah. uh, subplot in, which... Well, it was there, but then... Yeah, but they wanted it on they the wanted, forefront. Yeah. Um, mainly because, they, again, because Hollywood executives are fucking stupid, they were planning on trying to uh, market this solely to women, or like to, to like heavily to women because they wanted this. They were like, "How do we okay. get the women dollar?" In? And it, you know, <laughs> Cameron's like, well, "I don't know. What are you talking about?" Oddly enough, it worked in their favor because of how Linda Hamilton uh, portrayed Sarah Connor and the subtleties of the Reese uh, uh, Connor romance. A lot of women were coming to see this movie. This this movie yeah. scored very highly with the women demographic. Uh, once again, proving that Hollywood Hollywood doesn't know what the fuck it's doing. <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, the, the 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 and and also one of the things I love is just like the the kind of the open loop of the ending where it's like okay, you have this nice concise loop of uh, Reese being. The father John to John Connor's father, Connor. and John has to send him back. And John knows that he's yeah. his father, and he knows he has to send him, yeah. and then he comes yeah. back, and blah, blah, blah. But then you also have this thing of them, like, rolling down, like, she's on the highway, and, like, clearly she's starting to prepare for some shit, and you're like, could she save humanity? I, I like, right. I, like if, if T2 had never happened, I, I think that we would be looking at Terminator in a very different light as... Well, the ending is genius because it kind of leaves it open to interpretation. Will right. she succeed? And then, of course, the whole time travel discussion. Well, if she succeeded, how did this happen? And right. Then, you know, everyone goes crazy. Um, <laughs> that's what we should do. We should discuss. Uh, th- there's a time travel movie that tries to be. Because I hate time travel anything. It drives me nuts because you can't ever get it down. Well, it's um, paradoxical. Yeah. And there's a time travel movie that tries to hit all of those called Primer. God, I don't even know if I want to watch that movie again. It is, it is one of the most confusing movies I've ever seen. It's brilliant. Like, it's on Netflix. We should yeah. review it sometime. But I've, I, me and Parker have talked about reviewing it for about a year now. And every time we talk about Probably it, we're like... should. Well, every time we talk about it, we're like, are we intelligent enough? Well, it's, we something, have it's something where I feel like mechanics. if we wanted to review it properly, I would feel like I need to watch it like three times. Yeah, I've seen it a couple times. It's it's amazing, but uh, but yeah. So like, I absolutely love the the kind of the ending of like, is time set in stone? Is fate something you can change? Um, 
I just, I just absolutely lo- you know, love all of that. Um, but then you kind of move into T two, kind of changes that, and yeah, we'll 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 we'll, we'll kind of break down T two more in uh, in in the next episode. Um, not what that's exactly what we're gonna do. We're gonna break down T two in the next episode. But I just I just feel that it's it's a stronger film, and it's less bloated. And I also feel that's why there is no director's cut of the first Terminator, right? Um, or at least if there is, I haven't found it. Um. Oddly enough, there's no director's commentary on the first Terminator too, which is, or the first Terminator, which is really upsetting, because uh, I would have loved to have heard some of the some of the anecdotes and and stuff. Um, so, I th- I believe this is the movie that started like Arnold Schwarzenegger down the path of being like kind of like a a gun guy. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you got to figure, before this, it was, it was Conan. Conan and Conan the Destroyer. Right. And, like, his bodybuilding-related stuff. Yeah. This yeah. was the first movie. And I wonder how... <clears throat> I'm this sure a lot of that... action role. Right. But if you notice, like, a lot of his movies, especially then for the rest of the 80s and early 90s, like, he's always... like He's almost role, military. Yeah. He's, like... Yeah, he's like always like military or someone who's like going to be wielding lots of like weaponry. Right. Because in this movie, this movie like this is like close to like an early example I would say of like a gun porn type. Oh, movie. absolutely. I it mean, like that scene where he's in the gun store picking out weapons. You're like, oh man, he's getting that. He's getting that. Uh, this is the first uh, uh, movie that showed. In fact, they didn't even. Um, I think they. If if I remember correctly, I could be wrong about this, but if I remember correctly. The pistol that he uses, that uh, semi-automatic forty-five with the laser sight, yeah, those had not existed yeah, yet. Yeah, they had the they had the laser sight specially made by a company that was just starting to manufacture yep. them. Yep, that was not for something like on for, the market. Re- for regular you know consumers. Yeah, um, yeah, that's the one thing that I actually read that I thought was really impressive. Of like, you know, you say Schwarzenegger didn't have faith in this movie, but he obviously put the work in because, I mean, I'll just read it flat out. Schwarzenegger worked with guns every day for a month to prepare for the role. In the first two weeks of filming, he practiced weapons stripping and reassembly blindfolded until the motions were completely automatic. He spent hours at the shooting range, practicing with different weapons without blinking or looking at them while reloading and cocking. He also had to be ambidextrous. He practiced different moves up to 50 times. That's ridiculous. I mean... Trash talk Schwarzenegger all, all we want, and we do want to from time to time. Um, the man is a consummate professional when it comes to his his, his really uh, especially back does. then. Yeah, um, you look at especially roles with with Conan, with uh, Terminator. Uh, I know some of the work he did on Terminator Two was also on that level. Um, and then you have stuff like uh, the 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 insane shit that he did for Predator. I, we we got to review Predator. One. I don't know. We did review. We did Predator. review Predator. I'll review um, again. Yeah, I'll review. I love that movie. <laughs> always, always down to watch Predator. Um, yeah, that's a movie that I'd like to do. I, I, I've, I've now that I now that I'm laid up for a while with the broken hand, I've talked about doing fan made commentaries, and oh, Predator be would be one. I think yeah. me and you could just just go to town with that. Hell, the last time we watched it with Jordan, that's it what it like, was. It was just me and you going. <laughs> uh, hey, Jordan, did you know that this happened? <laughs> 
<laughs> and him going, all right, whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, you know, the intense training that he's gone, like goes through for every film. This is before that. I think, I mean, again, celebrities are insane and believe whatever they're fed to them. This was before Schwarzenegger was convinced that he could play any role. Right. And that's when you started getting bullshit like Jingle All the Way and stuff like that, where he's supposed <laughs> to play like an everyday the, guy. The, every, the everyday Americana yeah. uh, guy. And instead, you get why, why is this weird Austrian dude, <laughs> like this huge Austrian bodybuilder? <laughs> Like, we're supposed to imagine him being, like, this schlubby guy from, like, he's supposed to be Tom Well, Arnold he's wearing glasses. Yeah. He's yeah. wearing glasses. Clearly, clearly. Come on. Clearly. Clearly he's, like, a working guy. That's why I never understood, like, because James Cameron kept using Schwarzenegger in different things, much to, to some roles that didn't make sense. In my opinion, True Lies. Uh, See, I still really like True Lies. True Lies, no. True Lies is a great movie. Um, yeah. And, oddly enough, it's Schwarzenegger's best performance in my opinion yeah i would say it's up there um again although i, I think still that's need james to see, cameron i still need to see that new zombie movie that he's in because i've heard he's like legit really good yeah at i need to see that too um but it just it just doesn't fit in my opinion like yeah. he's supposed to be like an, a you know a cia he's a spy. secret agent yeah there's nothing secret, secret about no about him schwarzenegger could be a quote no name and he would still be famous like look at this gigantic you know muscular guy <laughs> but um uh, again it, you know we 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 all just kind of believe yeah, that, it <laughs> that that impressed me when i read that and and you do notice it um i feel like in a post uh John Wick era of my movie watching career yep, yep. because that movie does like realistic, you know, gunplay mm-hmm, to it. Yeah. Like that's kind of like one of its biggest features. I feel like every action movie that I watch, whether it's one that I've seen before, you know, a bunch of times, you start or noticing one, that stuff. I feel like you? I notice it now. And this movie does a good job. Um, he doesn't endlessly fire that uh, submachine gun in the club scene. No. no he, he actually, re- he he actually only gets a little bit of a burst and he yeah. has to reload. Yeah, he gets um, some spray and then he reloads. There's there's lots of, of good reloading and stuff, so they definitely use that aspect of his training for oh, the yeah. movie. Well, Cameron's a nut about that kind of stuff. Uh, that's one, uh, it, it, at times, to his detriment. There are certain films that he works on where he, he, he became so obsessed with how things would work mechanically or look realistically that uh, at times yeah. you kind of put storyline on the back burner. Avatar. Um, <laughs> and and in this film, I feel like he, he was really going, well, in this film, he was trying to create a whole new genre. Um, that's sure. why the, the... I feel like a case could be made that he did. Um, well, yeah, I mean, it, it, it actually, he, he coined a term for it. It's actually in the movie. The club that she goes to is called Club Tech Noir. And that was the genre that he was trying to create, a tech noir film. Yeah, I think a case could be made that that, um, that, that is like a genre. Yeah, uh, there aren't many films. Uh, right. People argue that it's it's Terminator and Blade Runner. <laughs> That's about it. Um, well, it exists beyond movies, though. I mean, uh, cyberpunk. Oh, absolutely. You could argue was born out of that. Yeah, yeah, and I, I, I would agree with you on that statement. Um, so... Yeah, well, let's uh, let's slap a rating on this, and then we'll move into uh, the next episode, and we'll uh, we'll talk about Terminator Two. I'll give it 
27 out of 28 police officers that gave their lives somehow thinking that despite the fact that probably all of their comrades had just like unloaded assault rifles into him that they were going to do better yep yep i will give it uh i'm not i'm not sure if if this is the correct number but i'm going to give it 15 out of 15 uh times that i get that i've had to see paul winfield die on screen he's the guy who plays the uh the chief or not the chief but like the detective yes um and the dude, I swear to God, the dude dies in every movie I've ever seen him in. I love the dynamic between him and uh, Lance Hendrickson. Lance Hendrickson because oh, he's constantly interrupting. Oh him. yeah, he's just he's like, like shut up, man. Oh, I am. fuck up yeah. so many times. Lance Hendrickson. That's the other uh, the other fun thing about this movie is like after watching Aliens and coming back and seeing how many returning people there are because it's him, uh, Michael Bean. Who else? There's somebody else. Uh, Bill Paxton. And Bill Paxton. Yeah. Yep. Yep. All, Bill Paxton's in this. Bill aliens. Paxton playing <laughs> the idea of what a, an 80s punk mm-hmm. uh, through the eyes of someone who has no idea what punk is. <laughs> <laughs> like he's that's just so true. Not even, like, no one was looking like that back in the 80s, but that's that's what James Cameron wanted, so... All right, well, our next episode, uh, actually, uh, we, we didn't even talk about this. T- the Terminator is on Netflix right now. Yes, it is. Um, so if you haven't seen it, why haven't you seen it? For the love of God, go see this film. It's on It's on Netflix. Uh, it still holds. I just rewatched it for the podcast yes, the other day. Uh, holds up wonderfully. Yeah, the effects, uh, some of them are a little cheesy. Actually, some I of think them the effects hold are up great. really well. I think the effects are The great. only effect that doesn't work his real face. well is, yeah, the head where he cuts his own eye out. Yeah. Um, whenever they use Looks the, a little waxy. Yeah, whenever they use the face dummy, it looks... But again, look at modern CGI. Yep. You're still yep. gonna notice that it's fake. Actually, I thought about this. One area where CGI does work is where you're taking away bits... And it would have helped there. Right, right. Because you could have used well, Schwarzenegger's real face with, like, an overlay. Yeah. Well, we'll get into that with yeah. Terminator 2. Right. Because you know, that was one of the... That and Jurassic Park are often argued back and forth as to which one was the first CGI film. Because both creators claim to be the first. Yeah. Because they both came out in 91, right? Oh, uh, was T2? No, T2 was 91. And when was, when was Jurassic Park? Was that 91 as well? Let me look. Jurassic Park was... 93. 93? Yeah. Yeah, both... both. But again, that was when, like, when was the, you know, pre-production and stuff like that. Right. Uh, but yeah, Terminator Terminator 2 was one of the, one of the earliest films to use CGI. And we'll get into, we'll get into that in great detail, so... All right. Well, uh, until uh, until next time, I'm uh, same bat time, same bat place. What, why are you going with bat? Okay, we'll go with bat. Why not? Because uh, it's a thing. Sure, sure. Uh, There's no right. Terminator equivalent. Same cyborg time, same cyborg yeah, I, I, place. I, I really have no Terminator quote for that. Cybernetic <laughs> organism, living tissue over ex- metal exoskeleton. Again, that's Terminator too, man. There's so many quotes from T2. <laughs> That, uh, from from the first better movie. Oh my god! All right, well we'll get into so this next episode. All right, until next time, I'm Chris Klum. I'm Andrew. We'll see you next time. Bye.